What a wonderful presence we feel here in the house today. We want to take a time not to be in a rush, so to speak, but to honor God and honor his presence that's with us today. God, we honor you. We thank you, God. We bless you. God, we've been ushered right into your throne room this morning. Lord, we feel your presence. Lord, we don't take that for granted, but God, we want to honor you and thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, an invitation, God, to be able to come and spend time with you, Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful experience, God, that we have with you. One of the greatest gifts that we could ever have in our life, to spend time with you, God. We thank you and honor you. Praise you, God, for this morning, Lord. We love you and thank you. God, we just pray as we turn to your word, we pray that you would be with us today. God, that you would be glorified in our time together, that these words would be your words, and that needs and people all around the world that need to hear from you, God, would be touched in their hearts and minds. And God, that you would prepare us, Lord, as we turn our attention maybe back to uh, life beyond the virus, God. We pray that you would uh, prepare our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, we, we honor you and thank you, God, and we glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. And amen. It's been a weird, uh, weird time around here. Wherever you are out there, all around this area and our country and around the world, it's been a different time. And there's been so many things that have been said uh, that maybe we didn't expect to ever hear before. This week we've been talking about opening up America again. And it's just one of those things that we just never thought that uh, we would ever hear, but it's a, a new vocabulary for us. I want to spend some time here uh, talking about a few different things before we get into our word. Just one of the statements, this uh, opening of America is just one of the statements that we would hear that just a few weeks ago we wouldn't hear. Here in Ohio, our governor has said that uh, possibly at the end of this week on May the 1st, we're going to be opening up the country again or opening up Ohio again, uh, just a few days away from now, not unless that changes, which we definitely hope that that doesn't. This whole thing is uh, drug on for so long, and uh, it's just been crazy. We had a fellowship earlier this week, and I told the folks there on the fellowship, I said, I said, you know, it's hard to keep track of time and keep your days straight. And I said, it's been uh, it's been Wednesday, three days in a row this week. It's kind of funny. There's so many things to look forward to when we get back to our regular life, so to speak. We want to get back to work and eat at our favorite restaurant, maybe have all the family over for a big barbecue. There's even those that still need to mourn over lost loved ones. The world has been on hold. But I want to change things today, and I want to share something maybe a little different with you. I heard this uh, statistic the other day on the radio, just a little snippet, and it's reported that four out of five families have taken, have been reported during this uh, uh, pandemic, our quarantine time, have been reported as to sitting down and playing a board game. And that's just kind of a, a, a little thought that planted in my mind that kind of got me thinking, and it, I asked this question. And the question was this, when this quarantine is over, what will we miss? Now, I know everybody in cyber world, I can almost hear you in unison say nothing out loud, but, but I want you to look a little closer and think of a few things. 
What about the change of pace that we've had? We're not running 24-7. Not all of us. Some of us are still going 24-7. But the pace of life has changed. And things have slowed down. What about the time with, we've had with family? I believe that just like God has used this time to kind of restructure the church, kind of refocus the church, it's awesome how he's used this time as well to refocus the family, to put us together and spend time together in our homes. Maybe take time that we didn't have because we were so busy. I love that we've become so aware of each other. How can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? I miss you. I love you. Man, I can't wait till we get back together again after this is all over. I've, I've been part of one of those uh, parades where we celebrated somebody's birthday. I've went out of my way and been a part of all the festivities that we've done because of the situation that we are stuck in, so to speak. But there's a bright side of thing. When it's safe and we get to run out the doors and busy ourselves all again with life, I wonder if we're going to look back and miss parts of all this. That's why it's important to, not, important to not go back to the normal, not go back to what life used to be. Even saying the word going back to me is a bad taste in my mouth. A hope that we learn through this. The things that we learn, we take on with us. That we press on into the future and that we never go back to normal, but we take the good things that we've learned and keep going forward. And that brings us to the body of Christ. It brings us to the church. There's a lot that's went on in weeks. If you go back in time, you can uh, first, you know, in my mind, it was like, is this real? Is this thing even a real thing? And then it became real. I remember going out to the grocery store and seeing empty shelves for the first time. And I'm like, I can't even believe this is all happening. But there's times and there's moments that, that God allows to happen, that he works through, that he deals with our hearts and lives through. And it's important that we as the body of Christ take time and notice what's happening. Take time to tune in with God and see what does he have and what's going on. And I trust that over the last several weeks, you've had those moments. Those moments where it's just you and him and he's transformed your heart. Maybe there was a time that he finally was able to speak to you and heal something down inside of you. Maybe he spoke to you about a direction for your life. Most of all, I pray that your relationship has blossomed into something that maybe it wasn't before. My prayer is that as we're geared up, as the church is geared up, and we're ready to be let loose on the world again, that we're changed and we're different. We're empowered and we're prepared to go back to the world even this week, I've, I've been thinking about this, and even this week, God has taken me and uh, touched my heart and touched my mind and fixed a few things inside of me. It's been wonderful, and I want to share this with you. I believe, along with our pastor and the other folks here at our church, maybe church leaders around the world, I believe that out of these, this time, this moment that we stand in today, this whole process that we've been through, as tough as it's been, and, and we understand that, I believe that God is preparing the church for revival. 
I believe that he's preparing us for an awakening like we've never seen before, that he's going to do something down inside of us that's going to change the way we see things. The old way is gone. The old way of life is going to be changed, and we're going to look into the world with a new heart and a new mind, a new passion for the mission, a new anointing for the work that God has prepared us for. Revival. Revival. Praying that revival, and I believe with all my heart that revival is going to sweep over our land. It's going to sweep over Ohio. It's going to be in our communities, and it's going to be right there where you're living. It's going to touch your world where you work. It's going to touch your family. It's going to touch your, your home even. God is going to move on you, and he's going to move the church strategically to make the difference. The church is going to emerge from this thing like a mighty army. It's going to be a force that will be under the anointing of the Holy Spirit will sweep across this world. The world is going to be looking, when this thing is over, the world is going to be looking for something real. They're going to be looking for God. And I believe it with all my heart. I had this thought that the revival will be so big that you will either be a part of it or you will hear about it. It'll be so big. I want to be a part of it. And I know, church, you want to be a part of it. We are, we're awakening. We are not just going to emerge from the shadows to come and sit back on our favorite pew. But we're going to burst forth as an army, a mighty force. As I was thinking about this, praying about this this week, God showed me this picture of, it was like this symbolic picture of what it looks like what the church is going to look like when we come out of this thing. And the picture the Lord gave me was this. It was a picture of Peter and the disciples standing up on the day of Pentecost after they had been filled with the Holy Spirit, after they had been empowered and they step up and Peter says, hey, these aren't as drunk as you suppose. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. The boldness, the, the, the determination the excitement inside of them, the passion inside of them. They come out of the situation that they ran. They came from the history that they had been through and everything that they had uh, been a part of. And they were anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled. And here they are standing up for the first time, bold and preaching the gospel. Peter preaches. He talks about what it was that the folks were hearing. And he talks about Jesus being the Messiah. And people get saved. 3,000 folks get saved. But this is the picture that God gave me of what the church is going to look like. It's not a weak, distracted, hiding somewhere church. But it's a bold church that's ready to stand up, to be, to be anointed, and to, to be used to be God's hands and feet in this world. Anointed and empowered. I heard, I've heard the, the, uh, the account of the day of Pentecost a thousand times. And when it comes to hearing the, the disciples speak in tongues and it gets the people's attention around them. I always see the picture the same way. You know, it says that they were in an upper room, so I see that Peter and the disciples kind of up on a ledge and I'm down in the crowd with, a, you know, a bunch of people bumping around me. There's a lot of conversation and life going on. And then we hear something and it kind of gets our attention and we zoom in and focus. That's kind of where I've always seen this story from. And I was thinking about this and praying, and I was like, God, you're showing me the church is going to look like Peter and the disciples stepping out with boldness. 
So I was like, I want to analyze and look at this picture, and I want to share a few details with you what the world saw the church as. The first thing that they heard in the crowd was they heard a noise. There was a commotion. There was something that got their attention in the crowd. Something was going on. It was, it was out of the ordinary. It wasn't just talk. It wasn't just conversation. It, it wasn't just Facebook traffic. Something was different, and it got people's attention. It got people's attention. And when they stopped and they listened close, different folks, they were there from different places, and I'll, I'll share that with you here in a second. All these people had come into Jerusalem, and they were from different places all around the world. But different people heard voices, and they heard their own tongue. As the Holy Spirit was poured out, the disciples were speaking in tongues, and it says that they were speaking wonderful works of the wonderful works of God. So when they tuned in after they heard something, they heard the church praising God. They heard the, the church lifting up God's name. They heard that God is real and that he's awesome and that he can do this and he can do that and he can take care of you. They heard the wonderful works. Not only, but they heard it, like I said, they heard it in their language. There was something that touched their heart. There was something specific about what God was doing in the church that ministered to them. And not only was it that, not only was it something that they identified with, but it was also supernatural. The scripture talks about, it goes on in the story and talks about how it grabbed, it touched their hearts. It said it pricked their hearts when they heard about Jesus. When they heard the story, it was anointed. They had been filled with the Holy Ghost. They had been filled with power. When Peter stood up, he spoke with the anointing. He spoke with the power, and it made the difference. When the crowd listened, they heard the truth. They heard what he was saying. I want to share some of this with you. Acts 2, and, uh, 2 verses 5 through 8, it says this, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, a multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Then they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look, are not all these Galileans? And how is it that we hear in our own language in which we were born? Jumping to verse 11, it says, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues and the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, what could this mean? Others mocking said they were full of new wine. Going to verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by, by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the story goes on. But I can see Peter with boldness standing out there with the crowd. And he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter stood and opened his mouth and power came out. The people in the crowd said, hey, these are, aren't these just Galileans? They recognized that, that they didn't speak all those languages. How many times did people around Jesus recognize when Jesus talked, it was different? The scripture talks about he spoke with authority. He spoke that there was more to him than just him speaking. It's amazing that in this crowd they recognize something about the disciples that's more than just your average guy. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 says, Therefore, 
let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut in their heart and said, Peter, said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and all who are far off and as many as the Lord shall call. Peter, they're watching. Peter is anointed and he preaches. And the Holy Spirit is moving and working through him. And the Holy Spirit is moving on the crowd. And 3,000 people get saved. I see the church this way. I see us as a church emerging from the places where we've been quarantined and stepping out in power. A filling of the Holy Spirit and us jumping to the front lines like warriors to rescue. Like people that are coming and they have something to give and they're desperate to give it. The church will be heard and there will be power. I thought on about this. I thought about this story and and, you know, I was laying in my bed one night and I was praying about this and I was going through that story and I saw myself in the crowd, you know, looking up at Peter and, and trying to get a grasp of that story and what it must have felt like. And I had the Lord speak to me and he, he said this. Now I'm thinking about the church. I'm thinking about what we're going to be when we come out of quarantine. What are we going to become in this thing? Are we going to... Uh, are we going to grow from this? Are we going to flourish from this? Are we going to be part of a movement? Are we going to awake from this thing and be a mighty force? So I'm thinking about are we going to, you know, that's the thought I have in my mind as I'm thinking and looking up there in my mind at Peter. And I had God speak to me and he said, put yourself in Peter's shoes. Look back at the crowd. And I'd never done that before. So I was like, okay. So I pictured myself, you know, it, it was the upper room. Uh, they talk about maybe it was a place in the temple. They said maybe it was a, a house that, that they had stayed while they were in Jerusalem. But they're up, you know, up in this upper room. So I see myself stepping out over the edge and looking at this crowd of folks. I had this experience. Last year I went to Myrtle Beach on a, a little vacation, and it was cold outside. And I had a balcony that faced the ocean, praise God. And, uh, but there was nobody out on the beach. It was kind of cold and, you know, windy. But there was a few tried and true people that would come out and sit on the beach, bundled up in blankets, and uh, no sun. And one day I was out on the balcony and I was praying. I, I was looking down at those people. And all of a sudden I felt the need for love that those people feel in their hearts. And I had the, I, I was like, it was wild, and I had the Lord speak to me, and he said, they need love if they just knew how much I love them. And it, it took me back. I, I wasn't, you know, like gearing up for that. I wasn't like studying, waiting for God to speak to me. He just led me that direction. He spoke to me. I believe that when Peter you know, stepped out to give his defense of what was happening, and he looked down at the crowd, I believe that through the touch of God, through the move of the Holy Spirit in him, I believe that when he looked out, he saw something different. He didn't see, you know, people uh, for who they were, 
he, he didn't see them like he used to. There was a time when, when he was worried and scared of some people. There was a time when he was worried about his, his own neck. You know, he didn't want to say certain things. But this time, he stepped up anointed and empowered. And he looked at the crowd. And it's beautiful because I believe that he saw people's, I, I want to I say this right. I believe that he saw people and he saw them for who they really were. He saw them for their humanity. He saw them for their, their sin and their helplessness. Saw their needs. He saw them through eyes of love. I, I believe that he could see people and look down at them and say, they need a Savior. It was so obvious that when he stepped up, he said, hey, this is what you think it is. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And then it leads right into, let's talk about Jesus. And, they, and then 3,000 people get saved. I wonder... I wonder if Peter was looking at the same places, maybe the same faces as Jesus did when he said this in Matthew 23 and 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often, how often would I, I wanted to gather you, your children together as a hen does her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. You can kind of see that same heart play out in Peter is now he's set free and he is going to give them the word. The Holy Spirit was leading him. The Holy Spirit was giving him truth. The difference there is he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He could see the crowd. He could see more than just the surface. He could see more than just uh, the politics. He could see more than just all the loud noises and the craziness. He could see people he could see the mission. He stepped up and said, this is why I'm here. This is the moment. This is, this is why I've got this big crowd that's gathering around. I'm going to give them the gospel. The mission poured over inside of him. What mattered to him most was those people in the crowd. It's ironic. It's ironic that the first thing that Peter says when he steps out is he's under the anointing. The first thing he does when he steps out is he gives a defense for the Holy Spirit, when the other most popular thing he's known for is not giving a defense at all. He's known for giving a denial. What a difference the move of the Spirit and the work of God made in his life. The priority is the crowd, those looking on the mission, the mission. If you look at the disciples, if you look at them, it was about the gospel. Paramount was the gospel. The crowd was looking for power. The crowd looked for words and what was real, and they were touched in their hearts, and the church responded to the mission, stepped up to the mission. As a church, we're being raised up in power. We have to focus on the mission. It's the function of the church to share the gospel, to minister, to care, to be about the mission, to be about the mission, to be about the mission. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. If you look at this, Jesus was giving the disciples instruction. He laid out a prophecy that this is what you're going to do. And through the obedience, the disciples walked that prophecy out. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were witnesses the mission is what was on Peter's heart and mind. The mission was paramount. The mission was paramount to them. 
It was more important than anything else that they had going on. The mission is what was on their mind 24-7. They were thinking about people. They were thinking about Jesus and how he loved people and how they wanted to share the gospel. It was paramount as they were pushed out in power, as they stepped up as a mighty army, they took to the streets to love people, to care people, to share the gospel with them, and to say that there's a difference. There's a God that loves you. It's willing to send his son Jesus to die on the cross from you. I, we are believing that the church is going to emerge from this time and be empowered and focus on the mission. And it's up to us. It's up to us if we want to be a part. It's up to us if we want to be a part. Jesus gave the instruction that says, you know, you're going to be filled with the Spirit and you're going to, you're going to be filled with the Spirit and be my witnesses he gave the prophecy. The prophecy cleared the paths that the disciples could walk, but the disciples had the choice to walk the path that they had been, uh, had been laid out for them. I had this thought this past week, kind of shifting gears a little bit, as I was thinking and preparing this and thinking about, okay, the church is going to open back up. You know, life is going to go back to somewhat normal. And I had this thought come to me. And it was this, what if we go back to life and whatever God, was, whatever God was going to use, whatever he was going to do to touch our hearts and change our lives, whatever he was going to do to raise the church up, what if we miss it? What if we're, we're so caught up in whatever's going on? Admittedly, it's tough times. Well, what would happen if we let all that the good, bad, and the ugly, we let all that keep us so busy that we miss what God was trying to do all along. And I asked myself that a question, and, and I will admit, I kind of panicked because I'm like, God, I, I don't want this to have happened. I don't want the world to have stopped, and here I was so busy or distracted or whatever that I missed out. I don't want to miss it, and I don't want you to miss it either. Even now, we're talking about the church stepping out like a mighty army, I want to be a part of that army, and I want our church to be a part of that army. You might be in a place today where you, you say, yes, man, I, I feel God. He's touched me, man. I feel, uh, I feel anointed. I'm ready to roll. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you feel like, God, I'm, I've been dealing with this, uh, wondering how the bills are going to get paid. I mean, it's just been so crazy. You might say, I need something. I'm I don't want to go back to just the normal way. I don't, I don't want to miss something that God has for us and where he's taking the church. I want to take you to this, in Acts chapter 1, this last conversation that Jesus had with the disciples. This chapter opens up in chapter 1 of Acts. kind of gives a little history, a little background from the, you know, about the writing. But it goes in and it shares details. It says there's... 40 days between the time of resurrection to leading up to this conversation. There was 40 days that went by and Jesus had showed up and had conversations with them and, and gave them proofs of who he was and talked about the kingdom of God and shared different things with them over this time. And now it was coming down to this conversation, the last conversation that he has. And it is the conversation where he gives a great commission. 
they lead up to it, and the disciples are like, are you going to set up the kingdom now? You know, classic disciples, they're, you know, jumping ahead or something. Are you going to set up the kingdom now? Jesus speaks to them, and he says, hey, you know, those times are not for you to know. Those times are not for you to know right now. But he says, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. And it says that right after that, Jesus was taken up into heaven. Then two men appeared and talked to the disciples because the disciples were blown away. They were still looking up. These two men show up and they say, hey, why are you looking up? Jesus, the same way he went, he's going to come back. So they went. In the, in the midst of all that conversation, Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem. I want you to wait. I want you to wait. Right now, for us in this world, if we get the message, hey, wait, you're going to have to wait some more. You know, hey, sorry, you're going to have to wait. It, it's, it's tough. We don't want to hear, oh, wait some more. We don't want to hear that. But the cool thing is, is when Jesus told them to wait, he said, in a few days, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to get the gift. Wait on it. And, and, and he shares this with his conversation. So the disciples walk away from that. They've been told to wait. Go back to that same place where you've been staying and hanging out. You know, these 40 days have been wild. Go back there and wait again. But they go back with a determination in their heart. They've heard the word from Jesus. They've heard the word, the promises, and they go back with expectation. They don't go back just to sit on their phones and wait for time to go by. They're praying. They're fasting. They're, they're, they're spending time together. They're in unity, and they're praising God and sharing time together. They're having fellowship with God in the waiting. I want to tell you that we, you know, in theory, here in Ohio, we have till this Friday, and stuff is going to start to open, we think. We can look at this last week as like, man, I just can't wait for this to be over. Or, one more time, if you feel like, man, I, I'm, I need something. I need God to move to prepare me for this thing, for, us, for me to be a part of the church and, and his outpouring and this awakening. I need something. Well, look at this last week as a gift. Look at it as still yet one more time where we can get a hold of God. We can let him do something inside of us where he can move in our heart and move in our life and turn us upside down, where he can still prepare you. The disciples went back and they started praying. They started seeking God. And there was an infilling of power that prepared them for what was coming. When it broke, boom, the mission started. The Holy Spirit was poured out and they turned right around, literally turned right around and boom, the mission starts. I want us to be anointed. I want us to be filled up and prayed up. You know, if we're looking for, you know, what's the uh, plan for the church to reopen? What, what do we need to be prepared for? We need to be filled with power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with power that we've gotten from being in his presence. We need to be filled with his word. And we need to have our eyes on the mission. 
I believe it's going to be paramount. It needs to be paramount that we're going to be anointed and march out of this thing as a force to be reckoned with in Jesus' name, a force that's anointed and empowered, and that we're going to have to have our hearts and minds on the mission. It's about being filled with his power and being focused on the mission. And I believe that God is going to raise us up. I don't, I don't believe the disciples, when they prayed and were filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't know, it doesn't say in Scripture that they knew, oh yeah, we're just going to turn around and start preaching. But boom, there it was. When they come, the, the mission was there waiting on them. The second they got, got done shouting and praising, there was the mission waiting on them. I believe that it's coming. I believe that the time is here for us, that we are going to step out of this time of quarantine and we're going to be thrust on the stage of this world and it's going to be uh, a time where we're going to be anointed, we're going to be used, and I want to be a part of that. And our prayer is, our pastors and our staff and our church, is that we want everybody under the sound of our voices to make it sound real spiritual, everybody to be a part of that because we want to make a difference in this world for Jesus. We want to be focused on the mission. We're going to open America. We're going to open the church. Now, just we're closing. I just have a few questions as we pray. And the first one is this. Have you, through all these weeks, have you had that moment with God where you feel like, man, this was, this is what God wanted to do in me through all this time? Have you had that moment? I would ask you, have you had that moment? I would ask you also, are you ready to be a part of the empowered church that's ready to be focused on the mission? Because this, this thing is coming to an end one way or another. It's coming to an end sooner or later, I should say. It's coming to an end. And What is the church going to be? My last question is this. Maybe you're on the other end of that camera. Maybe you wouldn't be somebody, even if the church was open today, maybe you, would, you wouldn't come. You know, let's be honest. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't want to do that. But you've tuned in. You're online today. Maybe you've been tuning in over the last several weeks. Maybe you've been f afraid. Maybe you're wondering where all this is going. You've been hearing the message of hope. You've been hearing that Jesus is our peace. You've been hearing that he can touch your life. He can give you real life that when the world goes crazy, and obviously it has, we don't have to go crazy with it. That we can have God in our hearts and in our lives. Maybe you've heard that message. And you're like, you know what, it's been all this time, and I, I really haven't, you know, prayed, and I really haven't asked Jesus to come in my heart. But this is a time that you're like, you know what, it's looking like the world is waiting on us. I this is my time. I want to pray. Oh, I want to pray with you. I want to walk you through a prayer to receive Jesus into your heart and your life. It's not a, a magic formula, so to speak, but it's one that's found in the Word of God that believes from your heart you'll be saved. You'll have that connection with God. You'll have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You'll have the life that you've been, always been meant to have if you would you can pray this with me there in your home wherever you are just repeat this with me dear heavenly father 
in the name of Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior. And Jesus, you're that Savior. I need you to wash away all my sins and give me a fresh start. So I give you my heart and I give you my life and I pray you give me peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We celebrate with you out there that have prayed today. We have different things on our website, Facebook. There's ways that you can contact folks. There's a number up there on the screen. If you've uh, prayed today, just type that and say, hey, you know what? I gave my heart to the Lord. The last thing we want to pray is just going to pray for us that we'll be prepared as as the mission is waiting on us. When they say we're open for business, we want to be prepared and be ready. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray that you would touch our hearts, that you would minister to our lives, God, that you would have your way in us. Lord, we we can't run to anybody else. We can't go anywhere else necessarily. You alone have the words of life. So God, we pray that you would touch our hearts, touch our lives, and speak into us the very things that you've wanted to. God, deal with us. God, empower us. Lord, as we're less focused on ourselves, but more focused on the mission, I pray that you would empower us. Fill us full of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and anoint us and use us, God, to be the force that you want us to be, to step out in boldness, God, and to be real and alive, to be you in this world. Pray that you would anoint us. Use us, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in with us today. God bless you. We love you. Hope you have a wonderful day.